Our vision is once we are digitalizing all of those specific places, we are in a position to analyze what is happening within those places. And the vision is not only to analyze the facilities, is to do a cross analysis between locations and make the supply chain connected again. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. 20 Minute Leaders is a proud supporter of Make-A-Wish Israel and Tech2Peace and is in proud collaboration with Secret Chord Ventures, J Ventures, Riverside FM, Fusion VC, Birthright Excel, J Impact, Leap, Google for Startups, and Hippo, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. Today, I'm with Eran Perig, the co-founder and CEO of Convo AI. Eran began his career as a UAV pilot in the Israeli Air Force, where he is still serving in the reserves. He later worked as a UAV pilot and in business development positions at Aeronautics in Elbit. He started the company Convo AI and used his military experience and engineering training to use all the cameras in every port to make port operations run more smoothly. COVID-19, as well as the war in Ukraine, exacerbated the supply chain crisis. Convo AI moved to the top of the global agenda because of the need for smart port management solutions. He decided to work on this system with a super engineer and a Harvard University doctor who specializes in AI. Their system actually uses all of the port's existing equipment, like the thousands of cameras on ships, docks, and other places, to make a map of all the trucks and containers in the port and send the pressure to different terminals so that the load doesn't build up. Their system can perform facial recognition for trucks and vehicles in the port, even if their shape changes, for example, when they unload a container or change cargo. The first installation was done in the port of New Jersey, which is one of the biggest customers. Installations were then done in Singapore, Portugal, and a number of other ports. We're going to have an awesome conversation about SaaS AI, but in the supply chain logistical, you know, in the real, real world. Uh, a lot of times, you know, with these tech companies, we, we tend to constantly be in this sort of virtual world, you know, especially, you know, a lot of things coming out of Israel. But now we're literally going to be in the physical world and how you're, how you're changing the ways that we're interacting with, with, our, with our industry. So before we even get to know you better, tell me just a little bit about Convo AI and w- what, what is this, you know, space that you're in? First of all, a funny fact about Convo AI is uh, it came from uh, the Transformers TV show. Transformers, do you know? Uh-huh. The good leader was Optimus Prime, and before it was a uh, show, it was a Japanese show, and they called him Convoy. Uh, they have a problem to say V, so it became Convoy, and this is us, Convoy AI. So uh, just a funny geek effect about I love who it. we are. Yeah. Um, so Convoy is actually here to provide a mission data, actually data-driven operation, uh, using the data, the key hubs in the supply chain already has uh, the problem in the supply chain. This is a very traditional operation, uh, in the modern world when everything is about, uh, big data and, you know, the fifth and sixth a generation of uh, analyzing, deep analyzing the data and the cyber on the data, they are still uh, way back uh, struggling to collect the data and then to analyze it. 
And this is where we uh, came into the picture because uh, we using, we actually utilizing the data they have to digitalize the site and make the elements in the supply chain uh, synchronized again. Because today the supply chain is not really uh, working as a chain. This is the right. Right. issue that we are talking bunch of supplies not not in the chain and so so we're going to revisit back to this in in just a minute but i want to get to know you better in the context and then in the context of convo ai so iran to take me back to your own journey what 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 have you what what has sort of your career been like leading up to the formation of convo ai actually i came up gladly i came from a really different uh, domain uh i was in a very long service in the air force in the israeli air force Mm -hmm. Uh, was a UAV pilot. Uh, then I started working in the Israeli, in, a, in the Israeli security high tech companies. Uh, and it was kind of a golden cage because if you finish as a pilot in the Air Force, you can actually die there and with a very good salary and, uh, and, and place. Uh, but I started to feel at uh, that time that I'm actually too young to be held in a golden cage and I need to learn and to came out for my comfort zone. Uh, and I started then uh, to learn first studies as an engineer in the college. Uh, later on, leading engineer and product manager, and actually my last job was actually was in the uh, business development uh, domain. But my work came from a test pilot in the security um, companies, the high-tech security companies here. Uh, um, but what changed everything is the fact that where I grew up, I grew up in a village, uh, Moshav in, you know, in Hebrew. Well, my parents are really old fashions, uh, old school. My father is a, is a farmer, old school farmer from the kibbutz originally. I uh, had a lot of, uh, agricultural fields and they had a huge problem because everyone stole from their fields all the, lots of criminal activity. And I couldn't understand how it's possible in the era of IP cameras everywhere. Uh, although it's a very different from where we end up to, this is where everything started because we dive into this matter and try to understand how, how, how we can, what is the challenge? Why we can't monitor those huge areas and rural places? And I came to realize that when it comes to complex environments, you're going to get a very noisy systems, uh, with, uh, if you want to be techy, very, uh, a lot of false positives. And reliability issues. So I called my good friend Sabi, uh, which was happened to be a, the brightest guy I knew, and asked him to join hands, investigate it, actually for uh, philanthropic reasons, because at that time I was a head of a, of a small, smart munition program, munition, sorry. And, I, and it wasn't, you know, it was a, some, something between a hobby uh, and philanthropic cause. Uh, for my mysterious reason, Sabi, that was the head of a software time, uh, approach and helped me to investigate the challenge in the analyzing video streams effectively. Uh, team became bigger when we uh, actually had a few POCs and in that time actually, uh, had an algorithm that we submitted as a patent. We call it artificial intuition algorithm which is a completely new way uh, to analyze data stream, not only video, by the way. Uh, uh, and it actually mimics how our brain uh, handle data. One of uh, the people for my team was a PhD in, in brain science, cognitive science. 
we try to uh, to understand to compare how the uh, you know how the technology world is analyzing data versus how the biological world is handling data hmm. and at that point we understand that we need to uh, to take a look not only on the visual data not only on the subject but to uh, put on the table additional data and to do some kind of uh, data fusion to use context something that we are naturally doing all the time when you're right. analyzing data yeah this was our first patent and uh, at that time wow. we, you asked me about tarvegels and everything actually accepted from there where we got accepted to the tau ventures and the shabak accelerator back in the wow. past, three years ago the the context reminds me a little bit of the uh, attention is all you need uh, sort of this uh, big breakthrough and you know and nlp right about this whole thing about True. it's all about context at the end um so zooming out a little bit is to the the pain point that you're solving mm-hmm. what what is the state of the world today and why does it bother you it should bother all of us actually because uh where we are today if the supply chain is extremely inefficient and it sums uh to a place that you uh get um i would say very unpredictable results Uh, inefficient and unpredictable. Uh, it's a very costly to send to ship a container from one place to another. Uh, it is very hard uh, to forecast when it's going to be there. Uh, and a lot of things are missing in the way. Uh, it's, uh, it's a huge hole when it comes to, uh, to economy. Uh, some people are saying that the supply chain crisis is something like the global warming of the economy. It's a huge problem involved in many, many actors uh, that as long as they are not cooperating, the problem is actually almost uh, unsolvable. I think that we are in a place that we can make this work. And it's, it, it's a pain for all of us because it's expensive, the supply chain, to, to ship. It's hard, the globalization. Um, it causes a lot of pollution and it's called a lot of money. So it depends where you are in the supply chain, it's going to cost you. Uh, right. In the air quality, in noise, in money, or just in, the, in where you get your car or your medicine. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking at the complexities for innovating in the supply chain, because obviously it's not, a, it's, it's, not a, it's, it's not a trivial challenge, right? You're going into some, some incumbents, some, some old-fashioned players, Uh, changing some, you know, a lot of times, you know, if, if it ain't, don't fix what ain't broken, right? I mean, it's sort of that mentality where, you know, any, any movement in these long lasting affairs is, is difficult. Well, what, what has been the, the, the main challenge that you've observed or the main roadblocks for innovation in this space from your understanding now? So actually you're, you're, you're very, right because uh it is a uh, you know moving cargo or freight from yeah, one place to another in the sea is something very old you know don't tell the english people how to move tea from one place to another because they are doing that right for centuries uh but i think the pressure is too high for them as well uh they need to be digitalized they need to be connected uh it costs them money and the challenges uh, you know traditional operations are uh, involved with uh, unions and all kind of old-fashioned uh, uh, working methodologies 
are, are actually changing because the world is changing and they are not islands, although they might be islands, you know, in a physical world, but it, they are not islands when it comes to technology and to the commercial world. Uh, so uh, economic actually make them moving forward and the governments are pressure them as well because they are polluting and they're costing money and they are a huge uh, black box when it comes to criminal activity and saving the borders. So it right. comes, sums up together to a pressure in one way. Right. So tell me a little bit about, you know, the, the products that you're building in, in Convo AI. How do you take a lot of this understanding, a lot of the knowledge and translating it down to tactical products that, that actually move the needle here? Okay. Okay. Very good. Man. So zooming out, we are trying to digitalizing all the, the key hubs in the supply chain to be more zoom in about the maritime supply chain full starter. And if you want to be even more zoomed in, uh, we're actually, um, take a look in the, in the terminals. The terminals are lacking the data to do a lot of things. And if you want to just take a look in one, uh, use case, uh, we can take a look on the traffic analysis system, which is our first product. One of the KPIs in the term is the turnaround times of the trucks. How much time it will take for a specific truck from the moment it entered the terminal until it went out. Uh, and that time is actually worth, worth a lot of money because if you are going to be late to your uh, meeting, you can't, as a truck driver, you can't get into the terminal without a meeting. They have a scheduling system. And if you're late, they might find you. They might find you if you got in time, but you didn't get in in time. You can find the terminal. So it's a game of minutes. And uh, and from the moment the truck is getting into this huge complex city that we call uh, maritime terminal, uh, it become a huge black box, and everyone is timing the time that the truck is going to get out. Mm. And we are utilizing hundreds of cameras in data fusion, artificial intuition mechanisms, to actually identify each truck in the terminal, uh, analyze all the transactions, timing everything, and focusing congestions, uh, bring actionable insights, uh, and uh, even detect anomalies for many, many domains. I mean, the easiest part is to talk about security or even safety, right? but the operational uh, use cases are the most interesting for us because we believe that the penny hole is where you should uh, engage. This is the thing that will engage them. Tell me a little bit more about the, the data fusion part. Uh, you spoke about this a little bit before, about the biomimicking, I believe. Yeah. Let's elaborate on this because it sounds very unique and, and uh, something I know very little about. So I'm, I'm very curious about that. Sure. Um, if, if, if I could show you a picture, I can show a few memes, uh, the, uh, known memes about how visual data is deceiving. Uh, um, and if you don't have context, and you only have an image or a short stream of video, it will be very hard for you, even as a human being, to analyze and understand what happened. It is yeah. very easy to manipulate your mind. But uh, if, you can t- if you can use all of your data sources, the context, your, your experience, then something in your brain uh, would be able to prioritize the data, throw away the irrelevant things, and uh, focus only on the interesting things when it comes to context context, sorry. You know, if you're walking on the forest and you see something on the floor, running on the floor, something is going to prioritize uh, your, um, the investiga- to investigate 
what is in the flow. Is it a snake, a rope? Uh, or if you are walking on the streets and you are hearing a car, something, something will prioritize the car. If you are walking on the highway and there are cars all the time, something in your brain will mute the routine. Right. We will just uh, surface all of the anomalies and will investigate them, only the thing that you saw first. If you want to take it uh, to more tactical uh, and realistic uh, example, if you want to uh, understand what is the color of a truck or a container, for example, it is a very challenging thing to do because it uh, depends a lot about uh, the optics, the time in the day, if it's a sunset, a sunrise, if you're in the middle. Uh, and if you don't have the ability to understand where you are and the specific optics that you are looking from now, you won't have any ability to really know what is the color. Actually, color is a very challenging thing to work in. Uh, because it's a very subjective thing. Uh, and this is the, the artificial intuition actually came in place because we are using all of the, all of the resources, all of the video sources all together, merge them into one reality. And we are learning from our own experience per each data source. Uh, is some kind of a federated learning mechanism, if you will, because we have several uh, computational resources several uh, classifiers. All of them are working all together to analyze the, all of the specific data to ask of themselves if we saw these things before. And, uh, and the artificial intuition itself is actually a very shallow neural network that takes decisions. If I saw this thing before, is it a new thing? Uh, what kind of classifiers and analyze engine uh, should I engage in this specific uh, question? Uh, and if you are summarizing all of the uh, analyzing mechanisms all together and, and bring all of them under an uh, umbrella of one neural network that all she does, all it does, it think and make decisions about how to analyze the data, then you are coming closer to how our brain works. Hmm. Does it make sense to you? It's, a, it's, it's quite fascinating. I think the whole notion of, uh, of what you were ma- what you mentioning here, it's a... Uh... I think, I think it's, it's, it's quite, it's, I, I love how you're, you're intersecting sort of the classic thinking around artificial intelligence, but you're, you're associating some of the way that we understand or don't understand how our brains work and, and, and finding it's, a, it's definitely something that I'm, that I'm, I'm, I wrote to myself while you were talking here that, that I want to look much, much deeper on. So, so uh, yeah, I'm going to approach you after this with, with many more questions, but it's fascinating. Gladly. And I want to make sure I also understand you better in the short time that we have left. So take me a little bit to your own vision here. What, what are you, mm-hmm. what are you trying to create? What world do you envision as a result of the success of Convo AI? Sure. Uh, just, uh, you know, zoom out from the technological aspects. We yeah. are digitalizing facilities, uh, taking advantage of the many, many sources in place and make this place monitored and digitalized. Yep. So our vision is, once we are digitalizing all of those specific places, we are in a position to analyze what is happening within those places. And the vision is not only to analyze the facilities, is to do a cross-analysis between locations and make the supply chain connected again, because we want to know what is the uh, what are the sensitivities when it comes to the connection between the train operation and the terminal operation, for example, in New York, where they are in the same place. Mm-hmm. The train 
and the airports, for example, are part of the chain as well. And all kind of logistics apps, if we are digitalizing all of them, analyzing them, we are in a position to find close correlations and ultimately to be in a place that we can make the supply chain more predictable because we will be able to find the sensitivities, uh, what is influence and what is uh, not interesting and even to help other uh, actors, other players sorry, in, the, in this domain to make better decisions. So not only data-driven operations, decision uh, driven by data. Uh, and the supply chain should be, you know, uh, more efficient, more green, and more cost-effective. Wow. And if you're looking at this journey more holistically, well, where do you find your own joy? Your own, you know, in the in the day-to-day, what what do you really enjoy most about this journey that you're on? Uh, I love the, the the huge amount amount of data that I personally I feel. I'm better me every day because I learn so much in this journey. Uh, and I wish it, I wish I will, uh, come in, you know, wake up in every morning and understand that I have many, many new things to learn because this is, I think the, the question askings and the seeking for answers is, ama- is, is amazing. Uh, and this is what I love in my journey. Incredible. It's a huge domain that I didn't knew before when I learned so much. I love it. Elan, I really want to thank you for taking the time and the energy to share these 20 minutes with me. Uh, so many more questions that, that have come into my mind, but, uh, but uh, it's the format of the show. So thank you again very much. Best of luck with Convo AI. And I look forward to continue put, uh, cheerleading from the side. Really, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.